When we talk about progress monitoring or MTSS or RTI, a lot of the time, most of the time, we're talking about reading. But there are so many kids, so many, that are struggling in math. The fact is, math is often the forgotten subject when we're talking about MTSS or interventions. So that's definitely something that we are going to talk about today. Jessica Curtis of Teaching Struggling Learners. I'm a boy mom and a veteran teacher. You're listening to the Reaching Struggling Learners podcast, where we talk all about helping students succeed academically, socially, and behaviorally. Thank you so much for tuning in. Reading has been the main focus for many years for interventions. This is because there have been a lot of reading initiatives, which means there's been a lot of money earmarked by the government due to drop in literacy rates over time. And let's be honest, you know that when we're talking about education, where the money goes, that's where the attention goes. So that's why so much of our focus and so many of our interventions, the money put into interventions are going for reading. Schools are going to track and provide interventions based on where the money comes from, right? So, so much money is tied up in reading and getting all those things set up. There are a lot of reading intervention programs Let's be honest, the the corporations see, hey, there's a lot of money that's earmarked for reading. They're going to put more money into finding different alternatives for reading interventions. So that means, unfortunately, because there just isn't as many initiatives for math, there isn't as much money that is assigned for math. Less money that's assigned for math means there's going to be fewer intervention programs. Now, I've seen a few, probably honestly two or three, math intervention programs, and none of them that I have seen are nearly as in-depth as the intervention programs that have been provided for reading. In reading, they're just about every curriculum company provides multiple options for reading intervention, and it's usually a big box set, you know, we will provide everything for reading, you know, all the manipulatives and all the assessments and all the things. That is really rare for math. Math programs uh, come in little pieces, bits and bobs here and there. Here you can help with this, here you can help with that. But it doesn't have the whole encompassing program that that programs that reading usually is assigned again that's just because of that's where the money money goes the attention is follows the money because you know that's the world we live in unfortunately with the way education is right now so <clears throat> the fact is though as teachers we know there are a lot of kids who struggle in math whether the money recognizes that or not So what do we do? 
for the kids who struggle in math? Well, you know I'm going to go my step by step because I'm not going to waste your time because you have too much to do for me to waste your time. So the first step that you know I'm going to tell you to do is I want you to identify the most foundational skill deficit. All right. And by the way, these steps, what to do for, you know, your students are struggling in math. I don't care. You can, you can quote me on this. I don't care if your MTSS process, RTI process, whatever you call it, if your process requires you to identify the students that are struggling in math or not. I have seen some districts who their focus is so, so little on math that that's not a requirement. It's not, it's not something that they make teachers identify the students are struggling in math and bring them to MTSS. If your school doesn't, if your district doesn't, okay, fine. I strongly, strongly suggest that you do this because you know it's the right thing to do anyway. Go ahead and identify those students. If you have a student that's struggling in math, these same processes, these same progress monitoring techniques are going to help your students, whether you're going through the formal school-based MTSS process or not. You can still do all of these things in your own classroom and you can cause some amazing results for your students, whether you're doing it in a formal administrative meeting or not. And so I just want to put that out there that you don't have to wait for your school to say, now we're going to be monitoring math as well. If they're not monitoring math, well, bad on them. We, we need to be doing some, some good work with our students in math as well as reading. So step one, no matter what, whether you're going to, through the MTSS process or not, the first step is going to be to identify the most foundational skill deficit. Now, that could be number identification, it could be place value, it could be addition fluency, subtraction fluency, multiplication fluency, whatever it is. And don't forget to look at geometry, looking at time, looking at money, looking at all of those other areas too. Just like with reading, just like with writing, when we talk about writing, we have to identify the most basic skill deficit because there's no point in building up from from a shaky base. So students who don't have good addition fact fluency, they're not going they're not going to do well with multiplication. That's just the reality. I'll tell you right now, a student who can't tell time is not going to be able to do elapsed time problems. This is all, you know, all simple stuff. We know that logically, but when we're working in our classrooms and we realize, oh, our students aren't very good at adding, well, guess what? They're also not going to be good at adding with decimals. So we have to make sure that we go back and we identify the most foundational skill deficit. The next, time, next thing we want to do is check on prerequisite skills for complete mastery. We don't want to move on with 80% mastery. And I'll talk about this later in some later episodes I have planned uh, for 2024. But guys, if students only know 80% of something, they're not ready to move on to the next step because they haven't mastered 
the previous skill. Yeah, they're confident with it and they're they're doing well in it, but they need to have that mastery so that they'll be able to master the next level. So check prerequisite skills. For students who are struggling with place value, make sure that they understand, hey, this is each of these columns means this much. And, you know, how many groups of 10 does it make to get to 30 and all those kinds of things, the prerequisite skills. What are the things that the kids have to know to be able to understand this concept? Maybe they know it. Maybe they conceptually know that, you know, two plus two is four. For example, I'm oversimplifying. But if they're not confident with it, if they're, if it's not just innate understanding with them, moving on to the next thing of 2.2 plus 2.2 is going to be 4.4, they have to understand 2 plus 2 is 4. It all builds. We have to make sure that the prerequisite skills are at 100%. And if they're not, that's where we're starting. That's where we're going to be making our goal. Step three is we want to identify one or two ways to teach or practice that skill. Now, again, this can get a little bit more difficult because unlike with reading, normally with reading, I would say, okay, figure out, you know, what are we going to, how do we want to work on that skill? No, right now, what programs usually are what the schools are talking about at this point Math doesn't have that many programs. Unfortunately, there isn't there aren't that many box sets and you may not have the ability to access a box set. So sometimes we got to work a little bit harder on this, unfortunately. Goodness knows teachers don't need more work, but here we are. The school system hasn't provided it for us, so we're going to have to figure it out. We have to identify a couple of ways to teach and practice the skill. Now, manipulatives. Use those manipulatives. Figure out ways that they can visualize it in different ways. Those are some big ones for that when you're trying to reteach and practice these skills. And I will say right now that just doing daily fluency drills without reteaching the concept, that's not an intervention. Just like if you're doing reading interventions, if all you do is show the kids the sight words every single day and you don't help them go through them and learn them, you're not, you're not actually doing an intervention. You're just, I mean, quite frankly, you're torturing the poor children, just showing them things that they can't do. We have to reteach the skills and then help them practice with them for it to actually be an intervention. Step four is you want to identify the items to use to progress monitor, whether you're doing it weekly or biweekly. What what tasks, what skills, what what items specifically are you going to need, whether it's flashcards or drill sheets or whatever it is, need to identify exactly what you're going to use to be able to progress monitor, to get that weekly or biweekly data so you know if your intervention, if your reteaching is working. Number five is we have to actually follow through and collect the data to see if it's effective. With math, um, I'll be honest, the interventions, it, it becomes pretty obvious pretty quick if the intervention that we're trying is, is working or not. 
uh, just because you, you see it when you're doing the practice. Um, I mean, the same is true with reading, but a little bit less so. Um, but honestly, that data and following through on the collection of that data is a really good way to show all the work that you've put in with that student and also possibly to advocate for more interventions, more manipulatives, more things that you might need in your classroom to say, hey, I'm putting in all this work. Here's the data to show that what I'm doing is working. If I can use X, Y, and Z, I could do it even better. That's, um, that's why one of the reasons I always say collect the data because you never know when you might be able to use that data for your own good and the good of your students. And then finally, number six, after six to nine weeks, you know the magic numbers, decide if that goal that you've made is has been met and do you need a new goal or do you need to revamp and figure out, okay, maybe this isn't working. Maybe I need to look at prerequisite skills again and get better at that. There's a lot of different answers that you know you might be giving for that. But with the data and all the information that you will have practiced with your student, you're going to be able to make some really good decisions based on the data that you can then back up and maybe advocate for more things. I don't know. So if you're getting into for the first time or, you know, maybe you're just starting over and you want to do, you know, feel more confident with it. Um, go ahead and download my five steps to progress monitoring. Um, it's a, literally, it's a step-by-step guide to get started progress monitoring. It doesn't matter what subject area. It can be reading. It can be math. It could be writing. Writing's a little bit more difficult, but we'll get there someday. But you can always download that. It is free, uh, and you can get some more information on how to get started. Um, it's also got some data charts in there, observation things, just literally everything you need to get yourself started progress monitoring this week. And well, don't do it this week because Christmas break is coming up. Wait till January, wait till January. But in January, <laughs> you can get started and you can feel confident in, when you go into data chat meetings, when you talk to parents, or just when you're looking at you know, your students and being able to figure out what kind of progress they're making for the year. In the meantime, may your coffee be strong, your students calm, and your students and everyone else progressing. Bye.